2: Thanks for joining us for another week of Take Two. I am Heidi Hatch with KUTV Two News with Mara Carabello of the XORA Group and Greg Hughes. Thanks for being with us. Nice to be here today. Great to be here. Yeah, and we've all agreed that we're all going to be very nice to get along with. <laughs> yeah, this
1: the, the memos come yeah, across the desks. Sorry. We were all kind of. I was. We were all kind of. Well, I don't know if you were Heidi, other than maybe you didn't. Uh, Jumping I know. I I've I lost, well,
2: lost control <laughs> of this. Podcast. I know. So
1: it just got a little bit. I guess it got a little. Uh, so if
2: you didn't join us last week, we just had a really heated uh, debate about January sixth and it, a few other things. And but that debate may not have come across as a debate. But we the thing is, all had
1: so yeah. much. It to say shows the
0: passion. It yeah, does of
1: it,
2: the issues
0: and it, of Greg and I's positions.
1: And the one thing that I think, if you're listening and you in <laughs> It, it probably sounded uh, contentious, like there was some anger, maybe, I guess. I mean, I I heard some feedback that it sounded pretty chippy, but we aren't angry. It's, it is truly just passionate about issues, and... You know that comes across. Uh, Greg's maybe from differently Pittsburgh. Sometimes. I'm yeah. an
0: Italian American. It yeah. just sort of. It's just, it just sort of
2: how we talk. But the yeah. good news is, is you're so passionate. You're in here on a holiday. It's MLK right. Day. Yeah. So thanks for being here. We're recording on a Monday. And Happy the one Martin thing, Luther King. Yeah, Day. the one thing that I like about Martin Luther King Day is I wish it would stick around longer, but I think people kind of pull, he had so many great quotes, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, they're all good life reminders about how to be good humans. And so uh, one of them I saw just a minute ago, the time is always right to do what is right. And it's so true.
1: It is, you know, the one, the double-edged sword of um, a while ago, the, the constitutional amendment to our state constitution, changing the first day of our state legislative session from the third Monday in January Mm -hmm. to a different day. Um, was that while Martin Luther King Day became a national holiday later in life and later in history on the third Monday of January, and so our legislature beginning its session was the only state government uh, operation happening on the holiday, uh, which isn't isn't a good thing and could be misconstrued as not respecting the day enough. However, because it was on that day, every single beginning of our sessions both in the House and Senate – took a considerable amount of time to recognize Martin Luther King and and to have that as part of the beginning of our our opening session. And after that was changed and we didn't meet any longer on that day, some of the people that were used to having it as an annual celebration called the legislature and said, okay, are we getting together? Are we still doing the the big recognition? But – because it wasn't falling on that day, there were other themes and other ways to yeah. begin the, the session. Well, and over so. the years,
0: we've developed – I mean, there's a march today. There are lots of vigils. Mm-hmm. There's – NCAA is doing a nice event for lunch that we've all missed by now. But, you know, there it, it, as you look forward to next year, there are just loads of ways to get involved. And as Heidi said – This is, like, not side of the aisle. This is just a good way to get involved in how many of us view America. I just think all,
1: like, Labor Day, uh, Memorial Day, Martin Luther King Day, I just don't look at it as a three-day weekend. I really think about the days that we – are supposed to take a moment and pause and and think about. I know they're they're good holidays. In
2: some ways I wish our kids were in school too, because I think it's a great um, way to have the conversation. And right now uh, our kids, I think across uh, much of the Wasatch front are not going to be in school all week long this week, which brings up another topic. Um, so we started out um, with the mask mandate in Salt Lake County. That was already passed last time we talked, right? And then we were waiting to see if the council would vote it down, and they did not, which surprised some. I wasn't surprised by that. Um, we almost, Are almost—are we almost two weeks into it? So there's only a little over two weeks left um, in Salt Lake County and Summit County for those mask mandates. But it may be too little too late, or maybe, I don't know, I guess it depends on how you look at the issues. But uh, schools just could not control the uh The virus that's going to virus COVID right now. And so a lot of districts couldn't pull off test to stay. Uh, Greg, I'm going to start with you on this. So the legislature came up with a plan for test to stay, which, you know, I think wasn't a good compromise when we were looking at it when things were going in the way that they were going with COVID, where we're like, okay, let's keep kids in school, let's test to stay. But we're at the point now we don't have enough tests to test anyone who's sick. It's
1: a, it's Yeah, I, I just think when the variants uh, begin, and the, the discussion goes from a pandemic to an endemic, meaning that with the different variants, are we ever going to eradicate this? It, uh, even Dr. Fauci, who people like or don't like, uh, Dr. Fauci is starting to express his skepticism that we'll ever end or eradicate COVID in some form or variant. And so... I think we're at the stage uh, where we're not going to be able to predict. It doesn't – this co- this virus doesn't listen to government mandates. It doesn't comply with uh, the strategies that have been put forward so far. And I think that uh, we have to be mindful of the other risks and the other the other detrimental impacts that we're having on families and on kids uh, from uh, the decisions we make to abruptly close a school or or, or whatever it may be. So, so did the
2: legislature screw up? Because a lot of people online are saying, you know what, they – they just wanted to pretend like COVID was going away. So they made up this rule and it was short-sighted. Or was it really you just can't see the future and, you know, a, a week break from school is fine? No,
1: look, we, um, we've we said this on this program many times that we have our best eye and they have in health professionals put their best eye to something. And then, I mean, if you if you look at even the presidential campaign in 2020, uh, President Biden was very confident that they could uh, end uh, the pandemic and that you wouldn't see the deaths that you're seeing and yet those those circumstances and the variables and the you know the breakthrough cases of vaccinated people and booster shotted people it just it's it just changes and i think that you try to learn from it you try to understand what's in front of you then make your best decision but yep. at some point i think we're going to have to get a better uh idea of what risks are in our lives and what risks we take on and then understand you know what what risks we are inheriting when we shut down a school for yeah. a week, when we don't have continuing education delivery for our students, when all the other things that are going on are going on. we got to take inventory and see what's, the, what's, what's riskier or more uh, detrimental.
2: So, Mara, the legislature gave districts, I think, I, I think they give them up to two weeks that so they could be at home online learning right now. Uh, is that a good plan? Is that going to work? Or are we just going to our, give ourselves a two-week break, and then we're going to be back mm-hmm. and – Right, that's the right. Virus I mean, is it's still it's what exist.
0: just it's what it's what Greg says we don't know. And um you know, if if we're going to be critical of the federal government's uh, short-sightedness and woeful lack, we also have to do it with the state, which also brings up the fact that it's a virus, not something that's complying to law. Right. And so, if you look at and I'm and I'm sort of channeling Todd Weiler, who who passed the test Ooh. to stay. No, I mean he's he's the first to say, mm-hmm. hey, I really appreciated that the speaker and the president and the governor got mm-hmm. together and paced with that of the pandemic. And so, I think what we all everyone did, state level, federal level, is we were probably too prescriptive, hindsighted, too prescriptive, and we didn't uh, account for the evolution. I think a significant difference now that I think we should lean heavier on is that we have more science and definitely more in play for prevention and post. And we didn't have that two years ago, and now we have more medical tools in play than we used to. So does that give any relief to lawmakers who have to adjust to the system? I am not one. I'm a little critical of those who pretend like mandates or non-mandates aren't. The system has to respond. It would be it it would be inappropriate if the governor and the speaker and the senate president were like we're going to stay out of this, right? Like they have to, yeah. they have to participate. So does the yep. president. They have to participate. That's part of their role, but can we rely heavier on personal choices? Can and we rely heavier on um, you knowing consequences, and maybe building mm-hmm. in the consequences to those, which may be hard. It, there might be some inequity in the consequence based on an action. But um, I think the arbitrariness. I was I was having lunch yesterday with a with a friend whose kids are in Canada, and Canada decided to um, have their kids not come back for two weeks, go online, much like we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it does beg the question of, well. Do, are we all going to quarantine for those two weeks or did you just postpone that? Um, we also know there's an arc with this strain. I mean, we all heard reports this morning that are saying Boston and New York are starting to see declines in this yeah. and they, because they were on the front edge of this. So I think what we all need to acknowledge is there is no magic bullet. Um, nobody's doing it quite right. Uh, those who are strident, or pr- be it Republican, Democrat, local national, the strident absolutists are probably not representing most people and we should start to take those leaders regardless of their party and listen to them less. Listen to the ones who are building consensus a little more. Um, focusing not only on the medical science, but just sort of on what's sustainable from a societal point of view right now.
2: And sustainable, I think, is the big issue right now. It's like, what can we keep doing in perpetuity forever? And interestingly enough, I kind of checked out of life for a long weekend with my family to go skiing. But I believe Thursday before I left, uh, Governor Cox held a news conference. I think it was Thursday. If I'm getting the day wrong, I apologize. And they were talking about how we were running out of tests and how they, you know, at this point if you're not feeling well, to assume that you have COVID, to stay home for your five days, and then when you're feeling better, go back about life. And a lot of people are like, you can't just assume you have COVID. And I think it was for different reasons. I know the Lieutenant Governor um, has tweeted that at some point too. And so I think we're all staying home if we're not feeling well when we maybe right. wouldn't have in the past. But some people are you like... That doesn't work. You've got to get tested. And not everyone has the luxury to just stay at home because they have sniffles for five days. What if it isn't COVID? Can I go to work? And so I just think it's creating more political angriness. And then um, the Salt Lake Tribune editorial board um, ran an editorial going after them after that news conference that was basically like, okay, the government is, you know, not controlling this virus, not doing the best job. I'm going to pull it up here so I can read a couple sentences of it. But – It starts with that one fluttering noise you hear coming from the direction of the Capitol Building is the sound of the state of Utah waving the white flag of surrender in the battle against the COVID-19 pandemic. It goes on to say it's tragic, it's disgraceful, and there's lots of blame to go around. Uh, Governor Spencer Cox and the new state epidemiologist Dr. Leisha Nolan let it officially be known Friday morning, there are so few tests available in the state and so many people who reasonably fear that they have contracted the coronavirus that anyone who's feeling this kind of symptoms associated with the disease should assume they're infected and stay home they go on to say that the national guard might need to be brought in uh mara are we at the point where we need to bring the national guard in to keep lawlessness and this virus in check and make sure people are vaccinated and doing what they're supposed to or is was that like a wild call for so the i'm gonna tribute? take another
0: tact and say i have long been greg will substantiate this long supporter of the press, and I am very pro-press, and I have been very pro-Tribune, and the Tribune provides a really critical voice in our community. I will say more and more from their sanctioned editorials, two things appear. One is they just brought a bunch of new leaders onto their editorial board, and I would encourage all the leaders on that board to write editorials and not just a couple of them. Yeah. And two, it was just hard not to think of Roosevelt's famous quote about those in the arena and those not. And it just read so peanut gallery. Now, I have some criticisms of Governor Cox in the last two weeks about playing both sides of the fence and what happens when you play both sides of the fence, depending on where you are. So I I would be among those who on COVID and particularly on masks, um, I think that that the, the governor is sending two messages, and I'm bro mask. But this so smacked of just the amount of adjectives used in this, the amount of peanut gallerying about here's what you should do. So I don't want to speak to the merit because I would suggest that those who are not in the re- arena. They took a step too far in the peanut gallery perspective for They me. even said,
2: they said that he, I think Cox didn't have the courage of his convictions. Right. Also, interestingly enough, they said we might have headed off Omicron with herd immunity level of vaccinations. And to me, at the science at this point is so bizarre that they would even say that because when we got into this, you know, there was a set number and the number kept changing of what we needed for herd immunity. You. In normal herd right. immunity, you need a certain amount of people sick and a certain amount of people vaccinated, and then you can go on you know, living because you've got herd immunity. But we've shown that people can. I don't think it happens very often, but you do get sick again if you've had you know, COVID before and we're showing that not only if you get the vaccine that you can get COVID, but you could also pass it along too. So yeah. why they're yeah. even going with they that threw in immunity, the kitchen sink. They threw in like, everything. What is this? You <laughs> well, know look, to me I mean, I'm like that is not science. If right. we if we're gonna fight like say if we're, saying we're, all we're the going science, science. I'm like, what science is that?
1: So there's a saying uh jumping the shark if we know where that comes from it comes yeah. from the very popular sitcom happy days mm. and in, in its last season the very
0: popular to those the very, baby for those are- those of us
1: like me who <laughs> Fonz. loved fonzie <laughs> Fon- arthur fonzarelli and uh, loved happy days the last season uh fonzie in his motorcycle jumps a sh- a, a big tank that has a shark in it okay. yes. and so then everybody says that was the end of the happy days that was the end of a great show that had great writing because yeah. when fonzie jumped the shark It It was was so cartoonish. It It was so over the top. It was, it was announcing the end of that longstanding sitcom. And that was where jumping the shark came from. That was the term, this editorial board and this newspaper has jumped the shark. Okay. It is called for martial law. It is called to have the national guard keep people that are unvaccinated in their indoors, like in Australia, not able to come out or to be able to get around. It's um it. This is the same newsroom, by the way, that waded through the, the homelessness problem, the competing drug cartels during our homeless problem in 2017, that when I said, look, you got lawlessness and people being killed, literally murdered over the 4th of July holiday. We should have the National Guard come and help us bring peace and, and, and restore order in this area. They lost their minds that the, that the National Guard would ever be evoked in such a circumstance, and now they want to bring the National Guard – and, and and direct every man, woman, and child in the state of Utah, unless you've had this vaccine, you can't leave your home. It It's It's received national attention. It's gotten a lot yeah, of so attention re- from a lot of people, people going, are you it. kidding me that and they said that? And this is
0: Greg that? Hughes, who was the Tribune's person of
1: the year. I know. It's like, you know, I, yeah. Where, you, how far I, are you fallen? I know, <laughs> I tell you.
2: I yeah. I appreciate, and I, I think we all need to say, it, I, as a part of the press, I, I appreciate the free press. I appreciate their right to be able to say it. It just came out of a place that seemed a little Snarky. crazy to me. Yes. And the thing is, is I love that here in Utah, when most states you go to, even in like big markets... They're struggling to have one newspaper right now, let alone two. So I think it's a gift that we have the ability to have, you know, these two different voices here. But this is its just an interesting voice. If you didn't read the whole thing, I'm going to read you this last um, sentence here. It says, were Utah a truly civilized place, the governor's next move would to find a way to mandate the kind of mass vaccination campaign we should have launched a year ago, going as far as to deploy the National Guard to ensure that people without proof of vaccination would not be allowed well anywhere. And then that just brings up the question again. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me because it's,
1: you know, what the, good
2: does that do you? If everyone's vaccinated in your same room... It's you the cheap can, seats again. You can still yeah. get it. You can still pass it. Like, what is yeah. My problem, saving? too,
0: is as someone who is an active supporter and someone who relies on their voice, both for their irreverence and both of their sort of truth to power from my seat, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say do better. Because this. if you well, keep doing this, Tribune, you're going to lose supporters because you are not serious it here's,
1: here's an interesting wrinkle to that. I, I don't know that any other daily paper of a metropolitan area has been granted this nonprofit status that the IRS has granted the, the tribune is it a public good when you have editorials like that that seem pretty cavalier and pretty uh, irres- i think it's an irresponsible uh, editorial if you are a donor it's a tax deduction now your subscription to the tribune uh, do you feel like your tax your uh, tax deduction and your charitable contribution to this voice is well placed is it following? Is it adhering the law? I don't yes. know. The, I don't I mean, know the IRS Five hundred one C
0: It is not broaching that. It, okay, it's, because, it's in its. But I do spot. think
1: it's I'm a just stretch I, that was just to cheap. say it's the public good. My goodness, that I mean, I, I don't know that it passes a yeah. laugh test, let alone a straight face test.
2: And I think we're all at the point where, if we never heard the word COVID nineteen again forever, we'd be fine with it. But I'm at the point where I actually am hoping that we don't stop talking about it. I hope that it goes away and we can get back to living our lives. But I think there's so many things that we need to study and learn from this. How we've treated people, uh, the, the civility, the lack of civility that's gone away. You mentioned in Australia. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the videos out of China where they're literally taking children and adults and if you've even been around some of the covid and they lock you up in like a prison like cell for 21 days by yourself uh, we've got to look at vaccinations if they worked and they didn't treatments how they did and they didn't there's so many things that I think that we can learn from and hopefully do make changes from but yeah right now we are just not the nicest got to put down our with.
0: political weapons yeah. and we look at ourselves
2: it's, I think it tells us a lot
0: about modern community and where we think our communities lie there's there's some interesting I, things i think
1: what makes keeps making it political is that, that there are people that have a profound difference of opinion about what the role of government should be in in handling this pandemic should it be should you have any choices in the matter or should you or should or should you just provide information or is there some space in between because i'll tell you two years ago we didn't have any choices we had a we had a highly contagious virus there was no there wasn't a vaccine there wasn't a booster there wasn't therapeutics there were no therapeutics that you could get to make yourself feel better so to what degree was your choice actually impacting in a very scary way or even a deadly way someone else with all these choices now and all these opportunities to get vaccinated have a booster have the therapeutics that Pfizer's come out with the FDA's approved other other therapeutics as well at what point does the go- – like would the, governor, would the government start right now where it is today if this was day one and you had all these options in front of us back in January of, of uh, 2020? No, I don't think that we would. I think we've, we've crept this way, and I think what keeps making it political is the fundamental question, can you close a church? Can you keep someone Greg, inside their home?
0: For me, where I would approach this very differently...
1: Medical choices. Is how do you, that we've gets had those them.
0: paradigms throughout America, right? Yeah. We've, had, we've had a history of discussing... I mean, one could even argue that parties are based on how how far the government goes and doesn't yeah. go. But yeah. what's unique about this for me, that I don't have an opinion, but I'd want to unpack a little more, is why did this become such a symbol? This, like, I'm going to... like masks this piece of cloth are like so symbolic of so much for us right now like how did we get to I that have the place? answer. would
1: you like the answer i
0: know uh, yes i, I know because you don't trust my answer but i'll and tell you contemplate this contemplate it with like-minded most, people most
1: <laughs> people when we watch the decisions of government or this we wrestle with individual liberties and and government's ability to compel behavior and where where all that falls which i have a definite opinion of Usually, it hits certain demographics. That's what it hits certain too. people. Yep. It doesn't hit you. Can everybody. ignore it. <laughs> you can ignore it. That's what this I one was yep. everyone, right. every man, woman, child, every race, color, creed. That's it didn't right. matter. It was it, nobody was getting outside of this. Yep. These right. decisions, and because it was everybody, right. I would argue the empathy levels rose that's and right. so people started saying whoa that's not them you're talking about yeah. now you're talking about me yeah. and I think that does feel different
2: yeah empathy is so important and I just think we've lost so much of it and we're just so much finger pointing and virtual virtue signaling and blaming right now and it's just right. like wow take a deep breath but we breath, have everyone. we
0: can come back from the cliff like that's where I struggle is that we have to say to ourselves no we we're, choos- we, we're choosing this to some degree and we need to figure out and, how I, to back away from it and I'll say
1: it. to the I uh, I will defend the governor. He's going. I think the comments he's made of late. I think he's changing his position on what we should be doing in regards to this uh, this this pandemic and forced vaccinations or not, or how to handle it. I think the tone that you're hearing and some of the things he's saying is after 700 plus days of going through this. I think you're seeing his uh, approach and his perspective change as well, which he's entitled to have. He's uh, he's entitled to have his shift in priorities and uh, an approach and so the tribune might hate that that he does but i think it's it's something that we've just talked about i think we're all going through that from day one to where we sit today
2: and i think learning and change is fine too in politics a lot of times we say that people flip flop and sometimes they do just because they say what they want to say to get elected but i also think that people who are smart whether it's in business or in politics or whatever you can listen and you can learn from situations so
1: absolutely we will
2: keep watching this i do want to mention that the supreme court also um Made a pretty quick ruling on the vaccine mandates, um, a win kind of in both directions or a loss in both directions, depending on how you look at it. But um, as a lot of people expected, um, the Biden mandate for healthcare workers in hospitals that accept the Medicaid or Medicare uh, dollars, that was a six to three vote, that will stand. But private businesses can be private businesses and make their decisions, which I think will probably help the economy. I know there's a lot of businesses here in Utah. I don't know if either of you heard from them, but construction companies and a lot of companies were worried that, you know, they might lose 20 or 30% of their, you know, workforce if they had to do this. And again, the vaccine mandate wasn't just vaccine you could test, but we know that there's not enough tests for people who are sick right now, let alone just people trying to show up from work. Uh, Mara, were these okay decisions when you look at them or? I
0: mean, I think they were expected. They leaned heavily on precedent. They split... They split the difference, which is what most people thought if you follow the court, like if you follow precedent. I think what's interesting is, is it an indication of, I mean, essentially what they gathered was, is the pandemic or epidemics, uh, is it special? Is it falling into an exceptional category, which is the basis of the argument, right? It's an exception to it. And I think they essentially said not an exception because- the affirming it for um, those who get federal funding is not; it is sort of the rule, if you will. It's often held, and jumping into another sphere um, in the private sector would have been an exceptional decision in that
1: regard. It, it was odd to start with, especially private businesses. If you have 100 employees or more in a business, but that business is our truck drivers. But then you have a 99 employees in a call center, and one is federally obligated to – you know, be vaccinated and the other one's not a bit. Look at the proximity of where these employees would be around each other. The hundred employee threshold was just, it felt very arbitrary. The thing that I was surprised at was in the dissent, uh, Justice Kagan, she, she spoke about, you know, we're, we're a court. We don't know science and we should just let the science and the health and the, and OSHA is certainly well within its right and its ability. And it does this to look at the health and safety of workers and we should let them do what they're doing. But, that's 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 assuming that OSHA was jumping into this from day one saying hey we got a, we've got a workplace situation here that we're gonna do something about I don't think OSHA ever got involved in this until Biden President Biden was elected and he announced he was going to direct OSHA
2: yeah he kind of to do these things and
1: so if it was so based on you know science and health and and safety it it's it's incubation didn't come from there it came from a political, direction from a newly elected president and so it, it didn't even have that basis that the dissent but the legal assertion about. was
0: i mean yeah. that's essentially the legal assertion was that this superseded and became a fundamental health issue um, and and i mean that was the legal assertion she, you yeah know, but, I, it, I'm but,
1: not but it's saying it's based on 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 the science or the health of it but it, it, it that's not what started this they osha was silent for how long right. but
2: she i'm saying she was speaking to the legal yeah. argument
1: made yeah. which and was we're at a point argument. in
2: this pandemic too where um I know everyone says keep trusting the science or keep listening to the CDC, but the CDC's rules have changed so much. And uh, I know there's been arguments if we got to keep the economy going. And people are like, oh, my grandma's life is worth your economy or your jobs. But there's so much muddled up and mixed up with everything right now that it, a lot of it doesn't make sense. I've seen doctors online who are saying, you know, I'm COVID positive, but my hospital says that I can still go to work and not even after the five days, but because, you know, they're down so many people, we need to work. And then you've got all the, um, healthcare providers who quit or were fired because they didn't get the vaccine, who are healthy and might be, be helping out, or you know, truckers or people stocking store shelves You know, on the East Coast. I don't think we see it right now as much here in the West, but on the East Coast, there's empty store shelves. There's just not enough people to stock them. There's uh, trains getting looted on the West Coast. It's just not things that I guess we're used to seeing in the United States of America. You look at other countries and think, oh, well, they've got problems, but We've got all the problems right now. so It's probably good for us. Yeah, it's a little dose of, of reality. reality that might not be good. A reality check. Yeah, yeah, so um I know. Hopefully 2022 um, can write itself. It's gonna be great. Yeah. This first, what are we at, 17 days in? It's been They've calm been, waters this whole terrific.
1: year. It's just been so much saner than no 2021. Problems. It's just been so easy. <laughs>
0: And we're at the eve of the legislature. Yeah. I know we're the eve of the legislature. What says January more than the inversion and in legislature. I know. And yeah. here's the crazy
2: part: like you forget, I I want to go be a Park City. And what do you call yourself if you live in Park City? I don't know. Hey? She, she 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 blue blood. I want to be one of <laughs> them. But I was state? up this weekend yeah, out you of state, forget the inversions around. Resident. They live in the blue sky know, up there. I'm like, pretty. there was sunshine, it I was know, lovely. It was so I pretty. used to joke though by last February last in the
1: legislature when I served, it was blue skies, it was decent. I always thought, you know what, here we are. We're in the legislative session and we we solved it. No ever inversion. Look, it's beautiful. Februarys are always beautiful. It is hard you to wait. pass bills about inversion they when are. you can really? Oh. I, I made the joke every year so often that it has to be true because I used to hmm. walk out from the main capital to one of the other buildings and it would be blue skies. beautiful blue skies and I'd say, look, look what we did. See, everybody was worried about this. Look how great it looks.
0: Hmm. I'm just going to hmm that. Hmm. Are you with the one that's like, look how pretty the sunset is too? And we have to remind you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying,
1: yep, so you're looking this February, through pollution. I'm going to make a mental note to look up and sexy. say, look. They are super sexy. <laughs> look, it's blue skies. We're out of it. We saved nice.
2: it. If you drive high enough, right now, the legislature
1: saved. Well, let's talk about the legislature because inversion.
2: they are getting into action tomorrow. We've been talking about a few of the bills that we know are on the table. I'm looking at the possibility of getting rid of the death penalty here in Utah. Um, a tax cut, uh, vaccination, and mandate bills, more of them coming down the pipeline. Uh, Greg, let's start with you on this one. What bills are you watching and would like to see talked about? I
1: think that uh, I don't think the death penalty bill. I, I Representative uh, Lowry Snow is a good friend, it former colleague. Uh, I he's he's to be the president of our Utah State Bar. He's he represents so mm-hmm. uh, Washington County legislative district in Southern Utah. But I, I don't think with uh, in the climate that we are in right now, uh, where public safety has become such an issue, a front burner issue. And uh, how we deal with lawlessness, if this is the time or the season where a real constructive discussion about the death penalty is and it the really power a deterrent? Of, yeah, I it's well. The question is this: if you were, if it was a pending capital punishment uh, prosecution, and it compelled someone to confess because they didn't want to even risk uh, uh, the prosecution seeking the death penalty, we don't have data to show how many people may have come clean and confessed as a way to avoid that prosecution and uh but but look i i have not been a big fan of the death penalty i don't like giving power to that much power to our, our to government to to execute citizenry and uh but i don't think that the times that we're in right now with all the other things going on this is the fertile ground to have that that discussion. So I'm not thing, optimistic about that bill passing.
0: One interesting thing about this conversation, though, Greg and I have had the death penalty conversation um, separate to this, and it, he and I are both against it for totally different reasons as you would suspect but it has laid out though i
2: and i agree and you're with, against it because of the cost or because we might be killing innocent people well, or not I a deterrent. I, I mean if yeah. you
0: start with the bible and keep reading the data from there yeah. it's not a deterrent <laughs> um murder rates in the united states it's not a deterrent we know impulse we know there. we know unless it's immediate unless it's your parent you're mm. it's it's hard to affix um Set results to the community. I think it, there's a morality issue. I think certainly we're risking minorities, black and brown, particular men are are incredibly more at risk against a bias system. There's lots and lots of reasons that we've talked about in other areas. But what's interesting is, unlike I have seen in the past 25 years at the Capitol, I and I agree with Greg. It may not be this year, but. The table is being set where we might not do it because there's a big enough Venn diagram for a lot of different reasons. I mean, it is interesting that for the first time in a long time, Republicans have and conservatives in the past have evoked this sort of small government means to it. Mm -hmm. But you're hearing that argument more and more, which gives hope that. For lots of different reasons, it may have outlived its time. And you see a lot of conservative states in the last four and five years reversing these methods for what would be pragmatic, as as Greg already outlined, law enforcement reasons. For those of us who are on the left and have different reasons, I say, you know, be careful to not argue with people who are agreeing with you, right? right. So like, let it happen. Um, for me, this legislative session is what everyone keeps talking about, which is money, right? Tax we cuts, have, yeah. We have, well, we have a ton of money.
2: We it's one-time money, We've right? spent
0: it a billion times, too, mm-hmm. and big projects are huge, and it's not that hard unfortunately, to spend a great deal of money, particularly when you're looking at generational projects. One of the things that you hear repeated and repeated and repeated, and I will say, um, I'm often scoffing a little at at Utah's exceptionalism mantra that we've had for a while, but we are pretty good at being generational. And I love that because of the maintenance we've done, we have the luxury, if you will, of getting this infusion of one-time money and looking at it as generational game change. I mean, I think the reason it's timely and important right now is over the last 10 years, the federal government has stopped funding states, significantly stopped. So whether that's water, transportation, highways, all of that, this allows Utah to get a head start on what is going to be a long, hard slog in which states are going to have to fund their own big tickets more and more. And and I think you hear repeated from leaders of both parties do something significant, do something generational with this surplus money.
1: The good part is that we've, when I served, and again my last session I finished up in December of 2018, so it's been a while now. But we worked on water infrastructure. We set aside uh, sales tax dollars that the state collected to create a, a fund because we knew the federal government wasn't assisting in the mm-hmm. creation, repair uh, of, of reservoirs, the delivery of water like it used to, as it you know for Western states. Uh, the, the federal money for roads, freeways, we were turning down federal money because of the way they wanted you to spend it and all the strings attached. We were using state funds for those things. So we've been working on this for so long that when you have a window like you do now where there is a lot of dollars, one-time dollars that you can commit to infrastructure, water, uh, roads, rail, all the things that a growing state needs to have uh, – those were, I think the I think the state's in a great position to take full advantage of that because we've never it's it's not a new topic. It yeah. didn't parachute in this year. Even if the the resources to take greater advantage of a stronger infrastructure have presented themselves this year, it's something that the legislature, but in a bipartisan way, has always stared at because Utah. If you left for ten years and you came back, you don't recognize a place. Everything well, has changed. And this is when I want to
0: give a shout out to the legislature. I want to give out a shout out to the counties and special service districts and conservancy districts because they have been planning this stuff for generations. Yeah. To skip to something because we've been a little nice that we probably disagree on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure is um, you know we're trying I, to make up
1: for last week's you, you know, know all I, I, I feel guess.
0: like uh, I'll lose the day on this, but. We have a history of giving back these nominal tax returns, and which they're so small to the family's budget that I can't help but think they're just political gamesmanship. And I hope, if we are to discuss um, returning taxes, I hope it is disproportionately falling on things like food taxes, which disproportionately falls on people who are in need right now. I think polling is showing that most of us are feeling like our personal incomes are pretty good right now. Our savings accounts are pretty good. And so who is still struggling um, are people who routinely have the least political capital. Mm-hmm. And I think things directed specific taxes like food taxes are a much more earnest way of balancing your economy than giving everybody back a handful of of dollars that maybe get you a lot of good headlines but I don't think balances the economy the way taxes are intended to. Yeah,
1: yeah we're talking
2: uh, about a tax cut. I think um the, inc- you're right, Mara, the l- income you so not income tax, right? You don't. So 4.95% down to 4.6% is 78 million a year. And 78 million sounds like a lot of money, but when you think about the 3 million people in the state and how it would get broken up, it really probably you're not going to notice it. So you might be able to take the fam to Cafe Rio with your cash. I don't know maybe. how much would you get. So wait, but
1: let me ask you this. So if uh, inflation's up 7%, highest in 40 years plus. Which is
2: a low estimate by um, some. And so is spending. So, so apparently we don't mm, mind.
1: So if, it's, if, if your dollars go 7% less than they did last year at this time, it's a 7% inc- a cut to your income. Tell me that cutting taxes and letting you keep some portion, when you're seeing your your household income actively shrink in front of your eyes, look at the cost of food and grocery stores right now. Or but that's the shortage. my
0: point, Greg. So N- I'm don't saying, do a general tax but, cut. But do a specific tax. No, but
1: that seven percent is impacting everyone. I'm talking the middle class, upper middle class. I'm talking every everybody's being impacted by inflation. Everybody. I is. don't believe that. So I. Yeah, you're right. There are some. I think the news media are rich enough. They never. They always think that. They, I've actually heard them <laughs> wow. say. Just going I'm looking at you, Heidi. At no, Heidi. I'm talking like the the <laughs> national ones. But I, sometimes, honestly, like,
2: I just get all my dollar bills out. Uh-huh. and There, I there them was on a my 60. Bed, and you just, just like roll around. And then you in them. burn a few. Not hours yesterday, as you can. Sunday,
1: but the Sunday before, <laughs> 60 minutes had this incredibly crazy segment about. What they call the Great Resignation, the, the Labor Bureau, right. the Department of Labor, whatever, released reports that in November, four and a half million people quit their jobs, uh, not looking for better ones necessarily. This was in the uh, retail sector right. and, mm. uh, and 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 food and uh, and and the person that they're interviewing, uh, she said, "Yeah, I just think people are tired. They they want a break. They just want a break from it all." And I'm thinking to myself, what job have I ever had in life, whether I was a busboy, an omelet chef at the brunch, you know, at the restaurant, if I was a, a bellhop at the Sheraton, if I was parking cars at Tambolini's, what job was I going to saying, I just love this. This speaks to my soul. I needed money. I liked paying. I liked to putting gas in my car. I liked having clothes. I liked. So this idea that people are just quitting four and a half million in November alone because they're just tired of it. It's such a disconnect from the reality that people don't work because it's it, it necessarily is is what they like to do. It's work is what you do to, to survive and what you do to support a family or so even yourself. So why not
0: disproportionately so, give people who are in so survival mode a tax cut, well, and those of us I who mean, are not in survival mode, those a, of us who aren't I'm living a paycheck to
1: paycheck? When 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 John F Kennedy cut capital gains, the the economy improved. When Ronald Reagan did it, the economy improved. When George W. Bush did it, the economy improved. When when uh, Donald Trump did it, the economy improved. Because why? When people have more money, whether it be the business owner that can invest it more in his company or give the raises or whether it's the employee that has more in their household income – the supply side. So, it Greg, Mr. Supply Side, if you don't
0: speak to how we got the money, we have more money than we did before. Now, it's not because of tax cuts; it's because of federal government infusion. And you may object which to is that. Still, our tax but We, we yep. live in an era in which we have more money, and so why government would you? Does,
1: not people. No, we people gave don't.
0: government. Borrowed against the future and gave us more money. Now you can argue whether they should have or not, but they did. So we currently in Utah have more money in our pocket. But we also not know people. We the government are, does know the people. Remember the checks that we got from the government. Yeah, this that year. didn't
1: that didn't and help. All that did is make people think they well, can Greg. Walk if you're Mr. Supply Side, you want can't to care about
0: where the money came from. You just have to care that it's in it's in the household economy. And I'm just saying, I'm not saying don't cut taxes. I'm saying in America where it's more and more disproportionate. Uh, there are shrinking middle class which you and i agree on mm-hmm. why not target tax cuts at those who need it the most the percentage uh, do you know i mean I, a shocking statistic last um week that i learned was the vast majority of Utah's for the first time in utah's history and i want to say it was 75 percent of utahns can no longer afford to buy a median house that's a, a that's the prices a are insane right shocking now shocking statistic and I would aim all of my tax cuts not at those who don't need it, for whom it is pencil dust or for whom they don't feel it or for whom it's just another night out. You can segment... Unfortunately, in America, the economics of the household, and I just hope that our legislator focuses them, because to your point, that increases spending. Giving the upper echelon a tax increase or a tax cut doesn't increase spending. A lower taxing, a working perspective brings it back into the economy.
1: You talk about that from the perspective of government. Sending money to people who who deserves the money we should as government send to people. Well, that's in I'm fact saying what this.
0: government does. I'm
1: saying this. They make choices. Leave more money in everyone's pocket. They you will they will spend that money. They will leverage that money. They will invest that money. And that is what will grow this economy. And that is what will help prosperity arrive for all people, not not just the few that government wants to pick as the winners and those that they don't think deserve it. But Greg, it government should be everyone. Picks
0: winners and losers all the time. You I know say that.
1: across the board tax cuts are healthy for all involved. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I think that there's a percentage of those people for whom it makes no negligible difference. And I'll tell you this, if you're and worried if about if you want to increase the economy and you want to reduce inflation, which, by the way, hasn't... You know, the feds do inflation. The, our, our president doesn't do, in, you know,
1: But if you got... Inflation. Let me just say this. If you're worried about the everyday working Joe, you will not support reversing or repealing or letting expire Trump's payroll taxes because those payroll taxes really did he- help... The average day working people. So if you're saw for more targeted their, tax relief well, if it comes from. I'm saying a I'm saying Republican. the payroll tax actually helps the businesses that pay their payroll taxes as well. It 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 helped everyone, but it particularly helps those that that. Uh, so you would be okay with payroll to payroll tax? So are you okay? No, with I'm, I'm saying that payroll Taking tax was wasn't giving
2: it to. It
1: was a directed way to cut taxes, but it helped the businesses that pay taxes as well.
2: Hmm. It's gonna be interesting to see how this shakes out because. Um, yeah. We look at all those big Republican tax breaks um, for wealthy businesses. And Biden's plan right now to get the money he needs for a lot of his projects of the human infrastructure that Takes we're looking that at. Back takes it back. And so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I feel like we could talk for hours because every time I hear you guys, I'm like, we've got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. (laughs) There's just because I am wondering where all the American workers are because now that the holidays are done, I don't know if you've noticed, but like if you go to City Creek, it's dark at six o'clock. People aren't back. The stores are closed. It's probably because they can't hire enough people. Uh, I went skiing this weekend, which I'm feeling like it's getting to be like a more elitist sport by the day. It's so crazy expensive, but once you get up there, Mm -hmm. it's like half the runs are open because they can't hire enough people to run them. It's just, I don't know. The world is in a weird place right now. Well,
1: look, if money comes out free in terms of, I can take a break now because I don't like my job anymore because now I don't have to worry about paying bills because I'm getting money from the government. I don't think that's gonna go well, well I don't what's think interesting
0: it helps. what we do know the data is showing um that what's intriguing about the lack of jobs right now is that it's coming from several sources. It's not as easy as. Lazy, living off the government goal, dull, lying. Well, the, retail the people aren't rolling in giving dough to us that right they now. Work. If you but, work in the retail sector, you're what not is intriguing rich. is we do know a lot of people retired early. Um, if you listen to, you know, the operation of the reserve banking, she's going to tell you that, one, she's sanguine one about it. Two, she thinks that the workforce is going to come back. And the diversity of who chose to stay out. So a couple factors we know came in. Cost of childcare was a big deterrent for getting back in. You saw some people that were doing okay for the moment and said, hey, I think my job's been kind of cruddy to me. Maybe I should upgrade. So I'm going to leave my cruddy job. They're not going to stay out of the workforce. They're still just staying on the sidelines right now. And then you saw a bunch of early retirees who what we see over and over of early retirement, which we've had these boom and busts in America before, is that they either get bored or decide that their retirement income is inadequate, and they join the workforce again. But I don't think we usually have all these factors. And then you have the pandemic, you still have a subset that are afraid to come back for um, health reasons. And I don't think we've seen this diversity in the unique moment in time choice to jump out of the marketplace. If you look historically, and what the Federal Reserve report says from last week is, they almost all segments choose in some way or another to jump back in. But we've never had in America this extended time because it's not a month; it's like years now, right? Yeah, like, it's a long it's time. It's kind of yeah. it's spooky as as you're suggesting. It's not just like oh that was weird and now my restaurant or my retailer's back. Everywhere you go, it's not the Health pandemic, it's it's the I left my job pandemic. Yeah. And so I think what we're seeing is we're in the midst of these rather, these months. But if you listen to the Federal Reserve, who has a history in America being pretty squared away, um, they're saying that the diversification of why the great res- resignation, but that almost all segments, whether it was early retirement, whether it was lack of job satisfaction, whether it was non living wages, they eventually re engage
1: in the marketplace. But the, the fact that that's even a but choice. But do a lot so of I these businesses
2: up, even survive, I guess? Exactly. I, good I question. I don't a class
1: town where you, if you went on strike, you better hope your union had stocked away enough money to yeah. give you money to make your mortgage to pay the bills because you couldn't stay on strike just out of choice or you just felt offended by the working conditions. You needed a paycheck. I, I don't know a world where you have the luxury to decide in retail or some of these segments where there's a great resignation going on, where you can just say, you know, I'm a bit burned out. I just don't know that I want to go back there. Then what? I, I, I didn't grow up and I don't know anybody that didn't have to work to make a living. I don't know what yeah, that's, I don't, I don't know think what That's about. a real
0: paradigm, Greg. I it's think, a, that, it's, it's so I think that's a nice stereotype, but I don't think it's that's real. It's not a real. stereotype.
1: I, I think it is. If you have four and a half million people in November alone... That left, and they're saying that the predominant economic sectors were retail and food service. These are not. But you when you ask say them why, it's that, not because they're Maura, lazy. And how don't do they work do it? Anymore. I'm not saying that they are. Maybe I'm saying, moving how home do you with get your to, parents again. How do you get, I don't know, to, how you get
0: to leave the workforce? How do you do it? I think they've changed their lifestyles. I think they are suffering from, a little from bit. From the
1: time I was in high school, I have had to stay in the workforce, or I wouldn't be able to pay to live wherever I'm living. I wouldn't be able to put gas in in an automobile to drive to my job or to drive to school or to do whatever. I don't know where this decision point is coming from other than people are getting Money from the government? I don't know. I I, it's the g- weirdest thing.
0: To go back to Heidi's business concern, I, I am really concerned that small and mid sized businesses won't be able to ride it out and multinational conglomerates will. Yeah, and the Walmart we'll and the
2: Costco's of the world yeah, will be fine. But and we'll have businesses.
0: consolidated these megas once again. And we yeah. will have no like regional diversity. And I'm still sort of bummed that I, I loved going to a part of the world or the United States or Utah and knowing that that's the only place you could get that. Like hey, I really exactly right. am worried that these mom and pops and midsize actually can't outlast this. Yeah, And what we come back with is like five motherships. So I, I yeah, and there's mom. so
2: many things <laughs> you're fighting against the other night. And, and obviously we all know COVID shuts the world down right now, but even I think businesses downtown have been thrilled that uh, the Eccles was back again because when people came downtown, then right. they would go eat as well. Sure. But um, I walked down there the other night after they canceled the shows and there were people just wandering around because their show had been canceled. They didn't get word early enough. A lot of the restaurants are, closed closed now and the restaurants that did have the reservations are left hanging and they've ordered food knowing they have all these people come in so there's this just domino of badness so i I read
1: pittsburgh uh newspaper because i like my pittsburgh sports but 50 year plus 50 year family businesses are closed i've read it just in the last week a number of these mainstays these businesses that you've heard of my whole life i've heard are shutting down yeah within the last month or so they're done and this this 50 plus years they've been in downtown Pittsburgh or they've been, you know, they've been in Squirrel Hill or, you know, Oakland or other places around Pittsburgh where they've just been a, a staple. And the families are they, – they, they're done. They don't have the customers. They can't find the employees. It's it's – they're ending. Yeah. It's, and it's to that point. I mean, if you're Amazon, you can survive all this. Great. But these businesses that have been around for so long but are never that – were not that big to start with – and we need And we
0: need the American dream there. Sure. We need that. We need that as much for our economy, but as much for the fabric of who America is and the individuality of things. I'm really concerned we're losing. Like that's worth protecting yeah. and we're saving. I, I do think we need to check in with Greg and see if you want to talk about the game tomorrow. Or yesterday, I mean. Are you oh, feeling yeah. okay? Oh my game yesterday.
1: <laughs> well I was are you, I was playing are house you money. Fine? The fact that that was the worst. this my Steelers that was the worst playoff team that Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger ever <laughs> took to the playoffs so there was no overachieve or underachieving with that team and uh, you know he had a great career uh, 18 years in the NFL and uh, we beat the browns twice the, the ravens twice the baltimore ravens twice we, had a glass half full of that. we yeah, beat the that the tennessee good. titans we beat uh we beat the buffalo bills those are two alive and well teams uh, in this playoffs right now so you know, I uh, I I was. Why right, you've worked through I didn't this already? Have, I didn't have high expectations in that game. I want us to play better than we did, but. I thought it was, I, like I said, I felt like we were playing with house money that we were even in the playoffs, given wow. how we got in that there. That is very so.
0: centered of you. That Thank
1: was, you. Thank yeah. you. And I
2: like the Go cap AFC half West. full here because we have talked way longer than we should, but I would like to say Godspeed to our legislators. <laughs> Do good work. Don't screw good luck things up. <laughs> we'll be criticizing Sogers. you in about a week. So. If you're <laughs> sitting at home and just listening to this <laughs> podcast, exhausted by work, consider maybe looking to see if you could substitute at the schools or you know where your hand might be needed in life right now. So many great ways to give back, especially on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Thank you so much for being with us. And thank you all of us for like really being nice to each other. Good yeah. On us. yeah.
1: As we always are.
2: <laughs> As we always are. <laughs> except for when we're not. Which happens, you know.